welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Hey everybody, it's your girl Wynn Rafferty, and I pray all is well with everyone. May your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion. All your brothers and sisters in spirit. Whenever those higher qualities are active in our thoughts or actions, we are then radiating the loving energy and light of our mighty I Am Presence. But when those higher qualities are not active in our thoughts or actions, we are, in those moments, radiating no loving energy, dimming our lights within and giving dominion to the darkness and allowing space for those lower qualities to negatively influence our existence and the world around us. Let's not do that. Let's think love, show love, and be loved, sincerely, and as often as possible. Because it is, literally, that alchemical power of the loving energy of the living God within us that is going to transform not only the individual for the better, but all the world around us. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and light. And y'all be loved. Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. Do you see all these things? He asked. Truly I tell you, not one stone here will be left on another, everyone will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen, and what will be the sign of your coming into the end of the age? Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, claiming, I am the Messiah, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation, spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand, Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the housetop go down to take anything out of the house. Let no one in the field go back to get their cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again. 
If those days had not been cut short, no one would survive, but for the sake of the elect those days will be shortened. At that time if anyone says to you, look, here is the Messiah. Or, there he is. Do not believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you ahead of time. So if anyone tells you, there he is, out in the wilderness, do not go out, or, here he is, in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as lightning that comes from the east is visible even in the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever there is a carcass, there the vultures will gather. Immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then all the peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven, with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree, as soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, you know that it is near, right at the door. Truly I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. But about that day or hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a hand mill, one will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour, when you do not expect him. Matthew 24 1-44 Nazarenes were known as Baptists, Sabians, and John's Christians. Their belief was that the Messiah was not the Son of God, but simply a prophet who would follow John. Yohanan, the son of the Abo Sabo Zechariah, shall say to himself, Whoever will believe in my justice and my baptism shall be joined to my association, he shall share with me the seat which is the abode of life, of the supreme mono, and of living fire. Codex Nazareus, 2, page 115. Origen remarks there are some who said of John, the Baptist, that he was the anointed, Christus. The angel Raziel of the Kabbalists is the angel Gabriel of the Nazarenes, and it is the latter who is chosen of all the celestial hierarchy by the Christians to become the messenger of the Annunciation. The genius sent by the Lord of Celsitude is Ebelzevo, whose name is also called Gabriel the Goddess. Paul must have had the sect of the Nazarenes in mind when he said, and last of all he, Jesus, was seen of me also, as of one born out of due time, 1 Corinthians 15:8, thus reminding his listeners of the expression usual to the Nazarenes, who termed the Jews the abortions, or born out of time. 
Paul prides himself as belonging to a heresy. When the metaphysical conceptions of the Gnostics, who saw in Jesus the Logos and the Anointed, began to gain ground, the earliest Christians separated from the Nazarenes, who accused Jesus of perverting the doctrines of John and changing the baptism of the Jordan. Directly, says Milman, as it, the Gospel, got beyond the borders of Palestine, and the name of Christ had acquired sanctity and veneration in the eastern cities, he became a kind of metaphysical impersonation, while the religion lost its purely moral caste and assumed the character of speculative theogony. The only half-original document that has reached us from the primitive apostolic days, is the Logia of Matthew. The real genuine doctrine has remained in the hands of the Nazarenes, in this Gospel of Matthew containing the secret doctrine, the sayings of Jesus, mentioned by Papias. These sayings were no doubt, of the same nature as the small manuscripts placed in the hands of the Neophytes, who were candidates for the initiations into the mysteries, and which contained the Aparita, the revelations of some important rites and symbols. 4. Why should Matthew take such precautions to make them secret were it otherwise? H. P. Blavatsky Primitive Christianity had its grip, passwords, and degrees of initiation. The innumerable Gnostic gems and amulets are weighty proofs of it. It is a whole symbolical science. The Kabbalists were the first to embellish the universal logos, with such terms as light of light, the messenger of life and light, and we find these expressions adopted in toto by the Christians, with the addition of nearly all the Gnostic terms such as pleroma, fullness, archons, eons, etc. As to the firstborn, the first, and the only begotten, these are as old as the world. Origen shows the word logos as existing among the Brahmanes. The Brahmanes say that the god is light, not such as one sees, nor such as the sun and fire, but they have the god logos, not the articulate, the logos of the gnosis, through whom the highest mysteries of the gnosis are seen by the wise. The Acts and the Fourth Gospel team with Gnostic expressions. The Kabbalistic, God's firstborn emanated from the Most High, together with that which is the spirit of the anointing, and again they called him the anointed of the highest, are reproduced in spirit and substance by the author of the gospel according to John. That was the true light, and the light shineth in darkness. And the word was made flesh. And his fullness, pleroma, have all we received, etc., John 1 at sec. The Christ, then, and the Logos existed ages before Christianity, the Oriental Gnosis was studied long before the days of Moses, and we have to seek for the origin of all these in the archaic periods of the primeval Asiatic philosophy. Peter's second epistle and Jude's fragment, preserved in the New Testament, shows by their phraseology that they belong to the Kabbalistic Oriental Gnosis, for they use the same expressions as did the Christian Gnostics who built a part of their system from the Oriental Kabbalah. Presumptuous are they, the Ephites, self-willed, they are not afraid to speak evil of dignities, says Peter, 2 Epistle 2.10, the original model for the later abusive Tertullian and Irenaeus. Likewise, even as Sodom and Gomorrah, also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion and speak evil of dignities, says Jude, repeating the very words of Peter, and thereby expressions consecrated in the Kabbalah. Dominion is the empire, the tenth of the Kabbalistic Sephiroth, the powers and dignities are the subordinate genii of the archangels and angels of the Sohar. These emanations are the very life and soul of the Kabbalah and Zoroastrianism, and the Talmud itself, in its present state, is all borrowed from the Zendavista. Therefore, 
By adopting the views of Peter, Jude, and other Jewish apostles, the Christians have become but a dissenting sect of the Persians, for they do not even interpret the meaning of all such powers, as the true Kabbalists do. H.P. Blavatsky Paul's warning his converts against the worshipping of angels, shows how well he appreciated, even so early as his period, the dangers of borrowing from a metaphysical doctrine the philosophy of which could be rightly interpreted but by its well-learned adherents, the Magi and the Jewish Tenim. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshipping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up, by his fleshly mind, is a sentence laid right at the door of Peter and his champions. In the Talmud, Michael is Prince of Water, who has seven inferior spirits subordinate to him. He is the patron, the guardian angel of the Jews, as Daniel informs us, verse 21, and the Greekophytes, who identified him with their Ephiomorphos, the personified creation and the envy and malice of Ildabaoth, the Demiurgus, creator of the material world, and undertook to prove that he was also Samuel, the Hebrew prince of the evil spirits, or Persian devs, were naturally regarded by the Jews as blasphemers. But did Jesus ever sanction this belief in angels except in so far as hinting that they were the messengers and subordinates of God? And here the origin of the later splits between Christian beliefs is directly traceable to these two early contradictory views. Paul, believing in all such occult powers in the world unseen, but ever-present, says he walked according to the eon of this world, according to the archon, Ildabaoth, the demiurge, that has the domination of the air, and we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the dominations, the powers, the lords of darkness, the mischievousness of spirits in the upper regions. This sentence, ye were dead in sin and error, for ye walked according to the archon, or Ildabaoth, the god and creator of matter of the Ephites, shows unequivocally that, first, Paul, notwithstanding some dissensions with the more important doctrines of the Gnostics, shared more or less their cosmogonical views on the emanations, and second, that he was fully aware that this demiurge, whose Jewish name was Jehovah, was not the God preached by Jesus. And now, if we compare the doctrine of Paul with the religious views of Peter and Jude, we find that, not only did they worship Michael, the archangel, but they also reverenced Satan, because the latter was also, before his fall, an angel. This they do quite openly and abuse the Gnostics for speaking evil of him. No one can deny the following, Peter, when denouncing those who are not afraid to speak evil of dignities, adds immediately, whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusations against them, the dignities, before the Lord, 2, 11. Who are the dignities? Jude, in his general epistle, makes the word as clear as day. The dignities are the devils. Complaining of the disrespect shown by the Gnostics to the powers and dominions, Jude argues in the very words of Peter, and yet, Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee, I, 9. Is this plain enough? If not, then we have the Kabbalah to prove who were the dignities. H.P. Blavatsky Beloved of my heart, as the angelic host comes closer and closer into the outer affairs of mankind, those of you who have given us acceptance and send us your calls, 
We want you to feel the visible, tangible presence of those who are ministering in the lower atmosphere of Earth, those of the angelic host who are drawing their sacred fire protection around all that is constructive, and who will not leave you if you remember to give them acceptance, and call forth their sacred fire presence into outer physical conditions. This is to let the angelic host have authority through unascended beings, to draw into physical manifestation the sacred fire miracle manifestations that must come in, through and around you all, in order to protect you, because the sacred fire miracles are the ascended master's way of life to produce manifestation without the interference of human discord. I'm quite sure you want that. We want it for you, and it is obedience to the great divine law. Therefore, it is necessary for unascended beings, who understand this law to make the call for the angelic host's sacred fire presence with you sometime each day, to come closer into your physical affairs, and release more of the cosmic pressure of the various activities of the sacred fire that will more easily control your physical conditions. You sometimes think that you are controlling physical conditions, sometimes and sometimes not. When discord enters, I grant you, the outer human self is controlling some of the energy in the physical octave, but if you were to see what the great angelic host does every day in, through and around individuals who are constructive, and are trying to hold to the right way of life in the midst of the outer world conditions, you would be amazed to see how many miracles are produced by the presence of one or more of the angelic host in that condition, pouring forth the heart flame of the love from that being, that compels constructive activities to bring about the satisfactory result. Mankind has a certain acceptance in the feeling world, in the awareness within life, of the presence of the angelic host. Whenever tremendous protection is given, mankind automatically gives certain recognition. But if you will form the habit, every day, of calling whatever legions of the sacred fires immortal protection and help is necessary to make you victorious over everything human each day, we can establish legions, groups and legions of certain ones of the angelic host, some of those who direct the sacred fire, to abide with you regardless of where you go. They can abide with you or above you or around you. Some of these are not ascended beings. Some of the angels of which we speak are the beings of the sacred love of the sacred fire that have never touched discord. So wherever their sacred fire presence enfolds your physical bodies or your affairs, try to remember, nothing can come in, through, and around you, or into your conditions, except the sacred fire love of their immortal purity. This is the master power that produces perfect manifestation. It is the almighty mastery that gives invincible protection to those who are trying to give obedience to the cosmic law at this time, and are trying to do that which is constructive for the rest of mankind. Beloved Archangel Michael Mankind must have some conscious understanding, more conscious understanding of what tremendous service the angelic host render to unascended beings. The cosmic law of this cycle, some time ago, set into action the cosmic command that there must come more cosmic concentration and cosmic cooperation between mankind and the angelic host, in order to bring into the physical octave enough of the sustaining power of eternal purity to enable constructive activities to survive through the coming discord. Therefore, the legions of the angels of the sacred fire are the protecting presence to all that is constructive within your nation. They are the protecting presence around everything that is constructive that will recognize them, that will call them into association in your outer world conditions, and will let them pour their sacred fire love in, through and around you, because whatever they accomplish for you, must be accomplished through you. They can hold the sacred fire miracle manifestation around your physical body or around your physical affairs. But when it comes to actually creating and producing the perfection that fulfills the divine plan, 
then their heart flame of sacred fire love has to pour forth through your physical bodies. And it has to pour forth through your feeling, has to pour forth through the energy of your own life. It has to pour forth through the pictures in your own mind. It has to pour forth through your own intellectual concepts. And therefore the enfolding presence, the sacred fire presence of the angelic host, is a mighty reality that belongs in this world, and will always accompany those who give them recognition, acceptance, give them obedience and cooperation, and will make the call for their presence to come into the lower atmosphere of earth. And God knows you need it. Applause, audience rising. Thank you so much precious ones. Won't you be seated, please and just remain so. Beloved Archangel Michael, 